Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, all. Dave. Howdy. And Tori. Hello, Internet. So we start every week with Good Thing. And Craig, you're up first. What's good? What is good? Um, Just got back from ClamCon, which is an annual get-together of some streaming friends, including Dave. Hey. (laughs) So... Uh, and at this ClamCon, we played some board games, as you do. And this time, I was exposed to a new one, which was called Imperial Settlers. Uh, it was pretty fun that right after I played it, I instantly bought it. So that is pretty good. It's uh, a card it on sale. It was like $7 off, wasn't it? Sure, that's that's my reason for buying it. Um, So it's it's a card game. Uh, sort of. You build your empire, as you can tell from Imperial Settlers. There is an empire that you control. Uh, you're expanding it by building these buildings. It's it's very much a resource management game, and it's really interesting how it does the mechanic. Uh, since as you build buildings, they instantly produce, and you use that essentially to extend your turns, and I'll uh, be able to perform more actions within the same round. So you're building your empire and instantly taking advantage of said building. And it's really neat how it sort of works together with all the buildings, and there's a lot of synergy there. And it's pretty fun. And there's... It comes with four different empires that you can control, and each of them have a variation to them, so they don't all play the same way. They have a different theme. Uh, the, the team I played with were Egyptians, so they're all about building lots of stone uh buildings and also collecting a lot of gold and i was able to use that to to do different things so it was pretty fun and i bought it instantly and i also bought an expansion pack which is a different empire so i wanted to try out and that's pretty good so i do recommend it uh there you go neat uh dave what's your good thing this week my good thing this week is a streamer and mike can back me up on this his name is Peebs. You can find him at twitch.tv slash Peebs. P-E-E-B-S. Formerly known as PBR Gamer, like the beer, but now he's just Peebs. Uh, really cool. He's been, for the last couple years, I guess, been going through the entire Four to SNES. five years, I believe. Four to five years. He's been going through the entire SNES library. He's like, he's like five or six hundred games in right now. I know that he's like doing a Final Fantasy game every hundred, and I he either just did six or he's going to be doing six soon. So I think he's around six hundred right now. And Craig, you should really check him out if you I, haven't, I haven't followed. seen him. I've, oh, you haven't followed? I host him a bunch. I really, I really like him. And you know, he's been. I think he might be full time streaming. I think that he either keeps his expenses low enough or gets enough in bit revenue. But uh, he's not partner yet, but he's he's working toward it, and I highly recommend him. I love streamers that are more about 
just chilling and talking and playing a game. Like he doesn't have loud alerts going off. He doesn't scream at his game. He's just like he's just there to have a good time, and you can have a good time with him. Switch that TV slash peeps. It's good to, to have some chill gamers. They're, they're pretty fun to watch. Um, I, I, as Dave said, I can definitely back this up. I've been a fan of Peebs for a real long time now. Um, one of my favorite parts of his stream is that no matter how god awful broken the game he is playing is, he can find something that he enjoys about it. Always. And he always, if you try to say something bad about the game in chat, like, he'll just be like, well, look at the good side of it. Like, you don't need to be negative. (laughs) He's uh, erased. Definitely. Um, he, like, he not only is positive and trying to find the best in the game, but he's also encouraging his viewers to, to see the bright side and the hard work that went into all the games. And there are so many Super Nintendo games and some objectively bad ones that he's played. <laughs> one somewhat recent one that I, I can remember is uh, Kevin Keegan's Player Manager. Yes, I freaking love that. And the, here's the reason I love that, because we now have a new unit of time measurement. So there's 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, and 60 hours in a Keegan, because it took him 60 hours to beat Kevin Keegan. <laughs> uh, so that's that's an official unit of time. It's an official unit, yeah. It makes more sense than 24 hours in a day. Like, who came up with that? 60 hours in a Keegan. So, this game was not released in the U.S. This is, a, a, as far as I know, an EU-only game. What is uh, the game called? Kevin Keegan's Player Manager. And you you basically are a manager of a soccer team. And when it says manager of a soccer team, it means it. There are soccer games that are played you get no control over. Yeah, that's like a football manager. It it's like uh, it's like coach mode in Tecmo Bowl, except you don't even get to pick the plays. So, like, and there are the seasons are like insanely long, and in order for him to have beaten a game, he has to like meet whatever the win condition is to get credits. Which in most sports games like this, it's beating the season, getting the championship. Uh, so the reason this took so freaking long was. Every game is like three minutes long, and there's no control. You just hit start and you wait, which was actually really fun because there was a lot of fun chat interaction. And like he read choose your own adventure books, and the chat picked like what the next decision was. It was great. <laughs> so yeah, Twitch.tv/peebs. Uh, so my good thing this week is. The dumbest speedrun I have encountered so far, and I love it so much. Uh, it is the Breath of the Wild 100% run. Uh, there are two variants on this. There's Original, which is no DLC, and there's Extended, which is with DLC. The Original, the world record for no DLC 100% in Breath of the Wild is 23 hours and 29 oh, minutes. No, Not even half a Keegan. Not even half a Keegan. Uh, second place in this category uh, clocks in at 29 hours, 16 minutes. Okay, it's, wait, wait. What is what is 100%? All shrines? Uh, all shrines, all seeds, all quests. All seeds? Wow. Seed? Get out of here. Forget it. No. Uh, no. You have to pick up every... Um, let's see. Every piece of... Or 
every armor that you can't sell and everything of that um, that you can upgrade has to be fully upgraded. Uh, let's see. Wow. This is crazy. You have to get all of the Kilton medals. You have to get all of the horse bridles and saddles. Um, your Sheikah slate needs to be fully upgraded. Uh, yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot goes in. Oh, you need a hundred percent map percentage. Okay. This, this uh, is a little much. Yeah, it I is think involved. It took me, I think it took me 23 hours just to get one of those little Deku guys. The one where you have to like jump through a ring off the top of some arch somewhere and you have to time your jump just right. Yeah, no, I'm bad at that. Um, so, so what you're saying is you don't want to do a 24 hour speed run? I and am incapable of doing it. Yeah, I, I would like to to reiterate that the 23 and a half hour run is the world record, and the second best person is six hours slower. Yeah, he probably had to jump off that arch a million times to get the thing. Um, this category, <laughs> because it is so long, there are breaks built in that you are allowed to stop your timer two times for nine hours each. Huh. Well, that's considered, I guess. Uh, the slowest time on the leaderboard for non-DLC is just short of 69 hours, which I have to assume uh, after they used their first two pauses, they just left the timer running and slept one more time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it is bonkers, and I love it. I was about to say I wanted to watch it. Can you link it in good things? And then you said it was a long time. I don't think I'm going to. Have you actually watched it all? Uh, I have watched a VOD of the first 15 hours of a run. And okay. then uh, I, I've actually been watching the streams of the second place guy. And I've really been enjoying him. He's uh, his twitch.tv slash tarot tactical. That is P-T-E-R-O. And then tactical uh and i've been enjoying his his streams quite a bit uh he just finished a 30 and a bit hour run today of uh of the of the new route that he hadn't done before which i missed part of because sleeping and working but yeah it's great uh so tori what's your good thing well, guys, I like to watch nature documentaries. I have a cat that rather enjoys them, so we kind of do that together. And I found <laughs> a new one on Netflix. No, I'm serious, because he likes to sit right in front of the TV and oh, try to attack the like the birds, and, and he talks to the, the big cats. His favorite one was about snow leopards. I think he is a snow leopard at heart. Anyway, I found a new one on Netflix. It's called Round Planet, and it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's got, it's BBC, so it's got the beautiful, like, planet Earth camera work going on. But the narration is like it was written by one of the Monty Python gang. <laughs> it's so funny. Is this a real yeah. Thing? It's a real thing. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's only, I think it's only 10 episodes. It won't take much of your time. It's so funny. He spends one episode arguing with his producer in the other room, the narrator guy, because the toasted panini he ordered is late. 
He's like, and you can see this creature stalking its prey much in the way a narrator stalks the toasted panini that hasn't arrived yet. Tabitha. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's funny. I love everything about it. That okay. sounds fantastic. All right. Uh, shall we? Shall we? Chapters. Just a few chapters. Yes. Let us do chapters. Dave, chapter me. Chapter. Let me go read those. Uh, <laughs> all right. This see you guys in about eight hours. Right. Eight hours, please. And uh, and we'll be passing the time with choose your own adventure books while we wait. So this week we have read chapters fifty-five through fifty-eight, taking us to the end of part four of the Hero of Ages by Brandon Vandersnarf. And some stuff's going down. Alright, chapter fifty-five. Ellen missed Vin. Ellen I think that's supposed to be Mrs. Ellen misses Vin. Sometimes I type these up on my phone and my phone doesn't know what I want to say. Ellen chats with Mist Spirit. Ellen can't put two and 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 two together. <laughs> yep. That's chapter 55. So, That's all of the chapter. Pretty much. It's just Ellen is kind of like, I miss my wife. And then the Mist Spirit comes up uh, and I'm going to jump ahead to like the next page and say it's actually preservation. Uh, so he runs into preservation as he's dying. And the very last bit of information that preservation can give Ellen is one that he doesn't want him to go to continue sieging Fadrix. So he wants him to go north, probably possibly up toward Erto and which is the way Tensoon went by the way. So maybe that's why. And then the other thing is he points to Ellen's vials and it just screams to me like, hey, buddy, you see those medals? There's 16 of them. But Ellen doesn't put put together all the information that he's gotten up to this point like I have. So I guess we'll figure it out or Vin will figure it out someday. So there's the great bit of artwork in the Discord that Dave <laughs> has drawn related to this scene. Highly recommend you check out our Discord if you have not. Uh, just join it. Come come take a look at some of the, the awesome artwork that Dave has drawn for us, especially this one. It's apparently two weeks ago, which is when you read this. Yes. Can, can second, can confirm. It's wonderful. <laughs> and it's now pinned to that Dave Art channel so there you go you can I always mean, look at it i'm gonna repost it once for... once i like i'm gonna go search it out and then drag it back down once this yeah, episode actually I comes out if I, if I put it in pins then when you edit this episode it'll be easier for you to find so that's why i pinned it for you thanks so I pinned buddy. It for future mike yeah future mike can thank me well <laughs> past mike thanks you okay so that's basically it for chapter 55 yeah Yep. All you really needed was that picture. Yeah, that's chapter 55 in a nutshell. Alright, chapter 56. Rip Preservation. That's the epigraph. Ben mentions the encounter that we had just read about. So this is the ep- epigraph Ben, future Ben, after the world exploded or got saved, whatever. I don't know yet. And she's like, yep, Preservation died. And she's last talked to Ellen, and Ellen 
didn't get any info out of him, so it's like, what's the deal? Why did he use up the rest of his strength? Whatever. I don't know. Uh, okay, and now on to the meat of chapter 56. Spook is plotting something. Bedressed Beldra walks in. Eastern street slang is kind of like pig Latin. Beldra is totes impressed, but Spook's Spook is totes depressed. Spook promises not to kill Quillian. Dot, 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 dot. Write a letter. Spook will rewrite Beldra's letter to ensure she's not sending an encrypted message, because, you know, that's the biggest problem with writing a letter on this planet. Sure, Della Wright. Spook should see this. Gordell looks to Spook. Says it only has 30 religions left. Faith is trusting that somebody is watching, that there will always be a way. That's what Says needs to get back. And there we have uh, chapter 56. So the first half of it is Spook getting ready to plot his takeover of Urto. Uh, everything all ready to go, ready to refill the canals with the water. He's ready to confront Quellian and reveal him to be an Alamancer. And Beldra comes in wearing like a noblewoman dress. So it's, uh, I guess she got it from Alrian. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Spook digs it. And they talk a little bit about the street slang, how Spook grew up with it, and he still kind of slips into it. And she thinks it's cute, but he thinks it's, he thinks it's too dorky and just kind of hates himself for falling into it. But, you know, it's it's cool. We learn a little bit about why he used the Eastern street slang because like just like Pig Latin, back in the day kids would use it so that grown ups wouldn't know what they were talking about. So it was like that. Turns out it's way easier to do that. You just speak normally. Speak what the Yeah, but Norp deal it. No, you can't have your own street slang. Was in with the woos? <laughs> was it with the woos? That is Doops, <laughs> Speaking as no. an old, I do not understand the kids today. <laughs> uh, that's how everyone feels around Spook. <laughs> so, for some reason, Spook promises not to kill Quellian. And, you know, Belger's like, you won't, you won't get him to use Alamancy. I promise you, there's no way that he's, you're going to make him use Alamancy. And he allows Belger to write a letter, and it doesn't really come up by at this point, or even by the end of the part, whether Ruin had messed with this letter. But I just kind of was like, come on, man. <laughs> Anyways, Gordell arrives, and there's some Bruins are transpiring, and Spook should see this. And then we shift over to Sazed's viewpoint, and Sazed notices that Gordell is looking to Spook for leadership rather than himself. He has 30 religions left, and I think it's Spook that says something to him about how Faith is trusting that somebody is watching. And anyway, that's that's where Sazed is right now in his quest. And that's the end of Chapter 56. Yeah, that was Spook. Okay. Questions, comments, concerns, quibbles, quandaries? Queries? So what's wrong with Bilger writing a letter? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Spook is in the loop enough to realize that nothing not etched in steel could be trusted. What is it? 
sure, but with these words and steel, it's just anything that. Yeah. Let's be honest. Why would Ruin even care about that? I mean, Ruin is Ruin is taking an active interest in this takeover of Erto. Like he wants to make sure that he has influence over Spook. He appears to him as Kelsier. So, like, obviously, it's important to Ruin for some reason. Okay, Ruin is actually running a prank show. (laughs) You just got ruined. Oh, that's what it should be called. Like this, this whole ending the world thing—that's just a sideline. His his true passion is pranking. Yeah, if he really ended the world, he wouldn't have anyone left to prank. Oh, there's always someone else left to prank. Well, not preservation. He dead. You just got to do secret pranks sometimes. Secret prank. Yep. Maybe Elendi is in there somewhere. You can prank him. Probably not. Vin will survive. She's the survival heir. Yes. Lady heir of the survivor. Onward. Chapter 57. Physical. Spiritual. Cognitive. Vin still has control of a thousand coloss. Ruin visits Vin to gloat. He is gloating that Vin is in prison, then she must be able to stop him. Right? The world will end in days, but not weeks. Okay, so we got a little snippet here in the epigraph about different states or realms, physical, spiritual, and cognitive. And I got a little sneak preview of this because of when I asked about the Pool of Oblivion from Elantris. And those were like the three realms you talked about, where you said that the pool passes people from the physical to the cognitive realm or something like that. Correct. And that's all I have to say about that. I don't know anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is this is some metacosmere stuff here that we learn about in the epigraph of uh, It's called realmatic theory. Metacosmere stuff. MCS. Realmatic, as in the three realms, right? I I like I like Dave's name for it. But realmatic theory is part of cosmetic meta meta cosmeta. I went to school to study cosmetology. <laughs> Make me a cosmopolitan. <laughs> okay, so there you have it. That's that's what we hear about that the realmatic. Electro-dynamic. Electrum. Intergalactic planetary. Brass monkey. So Vin still has control of a thousand calls. She's still in prison at uh, Lord Ruler Jr. Pen... Don't tell me. He's uh, the bald dude with the tattoos and the H-E-M bead on his forehead. King. Uh, It's not Yeoman. Yaden? It is Yeoman, isn't it? It is Yeoman. Yeoman. <laughs> it's not Yeoman. Was, Yeaden, it was the leader of the revolution in book one. Does anyone else have a grandmother that, when she's trying to talk to you, has to first go down the names of all of the grandchildren? It's, you know, John, Jared, Josh, whoever you are. My, my mother does that. She only has three sons and two daughters. Oh, I yeah, do that with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yeoman Yaden, 
anyway, oh, oh, that shows note. you like how how important Yaden was in my book. I can't even like. Right. Side note: I remember we were we were discussing him back in book one, and we didn't talk about it with you because you didn't know at the time whether Yaden would be a big deal or not. I completely forgot who the heck he was when, we came, when <laughs> you started you mentioning him. I'm like, who's this Yaden guy? I don't. What? Who is this? <laughs> and I think I had to ask Mike uh, afterwards. I'm like, who's oh, Yaden? Yeah. He's like the leader of the. And I'm like, oh yeah, that dude. Oh, and and yeah. Mike was like, you need to start reading along with us. Uh, yeah, yeah, I that did, worked and out. Right ahead. It <laughs> happened. At least he has the wiki open during recording now. That has helped immensely. <laughs> All right, so Vin's in prison here. She's trying to cook up a plan. How can she use these colossus to further her goals? Can she somehow get a message to Ellen's? Will attacking the city with them help in any way? And Ruin shows up again in the form of her brother, Reen, and just being all smug. And Vin's like, well, he waited to be smug till I was in prison, which means me being in prison makes him think he won. Ergo, if I get out of prison, then there's something I should be able to do to stop him. So that's kind of her line of thinking. And Ruin just mentions the world's going to end in days. It's not even going to last a week. And that's the end of Chapter 57. So... I believe this is where Vin notices that Ruin appears more "quote unquote" human, uh, rather than just this powerful god-type entity. And well, it's yeah, that at least... thinking that really allows her to to figure out, like, like, like how to approach the situation. Essentially, yeah, he's more of a tangible force now. Yeah, but he still doesn't have his body. Apparently, that's the thing. Whatever his body is and wherever it might be. So this chapter is taking place the exact same time as chapter 55. Well, I think they're all concurrent, but this is right when preservation died. Right. And then he's like, I had time to gloat to my favorite person. Uh, that could be it, too. Yeah, so I guess since preservation died, that's why Ruin thinks that victory is assured, and that's why he goes to gloat to Vin. Yeah, and that's definitely the person he wants to gloat to. Well, he can't gloat to preservation anymore. Or can he? Did preservation pass into the spiritual realm? Guys? Alright, moving on. Chapter 58. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> that's the question. Alright, chapter 58. A bunch of stuff happens that seems relatively unimportant compared to Rowan ending the world. So, Zed's engineering notes were stored in a copper mine, right? So they're totally cool and legit, right? Oh no. Quellian had his chance. Quellian's big speech. Spook versus Quellian. Someone finally listens to Ruin. Spook promised. Beldra is coinshot. Spook instantly figures out him allergy all by himself without any context. Spook unplugs Quillian and himself. Spook returns to the ministry building with Sazed and Belger, but it's on fire. Spook extinguishes his tin in an attempt to extinguish the flames. Spook says, I'll have a girlfriend by the end of this book, even if it kills me. <laughs> I hope this works. End of part four. Okay, okay. Well, hold on. I need to address one of your points. Although, we're going to discuss it as well. Alright, we'll like, go one by one. 
Yeah, let's let's go we'll one by one. We'll, we'll get to All it. Right. A bunch of stuff happens that seems relatively unimportant compared to Ruin destroying the world. Was that it? No. Because I gotta say, man, Ruin goes to Vin. Hey, world's gonna end in three days. I I think that maybe <laughs> this these chapters could have been sequenced in a different way so that I still care about Erto and all the stuff in Erto is going down. I just like what what difference does it make at this point? But whatever. I'm, maybe it'll I make more I sense. I think I felt the same way. Um when I was first reading this, but I will uh, say I still care about the characters. Yeah, even though I don't true. really care about the situation that's happening there. I still care about spook and Caesar is there. You're right. Yeah. Having read this book multiple times, uh, I still care about what happens in these chapters. Okay. I'm not saying I shouldn't care about it. I'm just saying it seems relatively unimportant right. compared to the world's going to end in two days reveal. Well, but, but okay, the people okay. in Erto don't know that. <laughs> right. And secondly, you're the one who keeps talking about you can't trust copper mines. You can't trust writings unless they're written in steel. So why the heck are you trusting what Ruin said? Well, Finn doesn't necessarily believe him either. So. Right. So you yeah. don't necessarily know what he's saying is true. He's gloating. He thinks he has it in the bag. Yeah. Okay. So, Seisei's uh, engineering notes are stored in a copper mine, which have already been established to be corruptible by Ruin, but it's not really a point of contention by the end of the chapter. Well, actually, I don't know. We don't know yet. So, here's the thing. The chapter ends with Spook opening the water valves and dying or passing out. It's not doesn't specifically say that he dies, but he, he seems pretty doomed. Uh, so it ends with him turning the valves. We don't even get confirmation that the dams work. So maybe, maybe this is a problem. I don't know. I'll have to find out next week. But anyways, Quillian had his chance to, I forget, to team to up with Spook to rule the city. Wow. Yeah, he goofed up. Well, Matt, and I think, you know, Spook did give him a chance to work together instead of opposed. Yeah. So Quillian and Spook start fighting, and Spook is like, oh, well, before that, I think Spook's trying to get to Quillian, and and Kelsier tells Spook to kill one of the guards, and he actually listens to him. Like, for the first time, Bruin tells someone to kill someone, and they finally listen to him. So, GG. All right, so we got Yonixon, Spook versus Quillian. Uh, I will say for the record, I think Zane has listened to. He didn't. He didn't kill Straff though. He did. He didn't a lot. Maybe he did some. I'm sure he did a little bit. It's like but, that person should die. Okay, I see no reason not. <laughs> he is a jerk. All right. So, wait, who? Zane or Ruin? Zane. Yeah. No, Zane. Who is more of a jerk? The Zane. guy destroying the world Zane. or the emo kid? Zane. Zane. <laughs> <laughs> all right so they're fighting and uh spook is trying to get quillian to use allomancy but he promised not to kill him and then Belger shows up and starts pew pewing some coins into the air and spook has it figured out like oh man she escaped our palace because she's a coin shot and 
she doesn't she kind of like was like i might have killed some dudes back there they might be alive but probably not and so spook has it all figured out Quillian actually is not an alamancer whatsoever and Quillian has been trying to protect beldra and protect the people from finding out she's an alamancer so but the, he's still like Killing nobles for no good reason right. and uh, and sneaking out alamancers as well, but the best he does way, care about his sister. The best way to protect her would be instead of condemning nobles and children of nobles and anyone with the alamantic powers, would be instead to institute laws to integrate them into society so everyone's equal, rather okay. than being against them. That would have been the best way to help his yeah. sister. Here's the thing, though. Quillian is under the influence of Rowan. Wait, how do we and know that, that? Brings us to our next point. So, Spook is Spook figures out that M. Kelsier is not really Kelsier, and you know he's not he's not being consistent with Kelsier's character. He's really insisting that Spook kill Quillian. Spook's like, no, 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 you're not Kelsier. Oh, wait a second. This sword lets some magical being talk to me. Of course. And he pulls the sword out of his shoulder. And he also oh. unplugs Quillian. Okay, so he, here's the point I wanted to address. Because I do think it makes sense. Uh, Spook didn't see Kelsier until after that big ordeal where he got spiked. Although, at the time, he didn't know that he was spiked. Um, that event happened. He has a piece of blade in his body which Kelsier t- told him, don't remove, it's fine. Um, so it's it's already in his head that this was weird, and it started after this event. And then yeah, he finds another he can... spike in uh, Quellian, which it's like, wait, he has, a, he has this weird piece of metal in his body, I have a weird piece of metal in my body, and this voice in my head has been telling me to kill people since that happened. Maybe this is not a good thing to have in my body. Spook yeah, put 2 uh, plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 yes. plus 2 plus 2 plus See, 2 together. If preservation <laughs> appeared to Spook, they would have figured it out. Ellen, you're supposed to be a scholar. Uh, well, Spook, okay, I agree that he should figure out something's up, and he could also be privy to some of the info that Ellen and Vin know. It just, it seemed like he went from not suspecting or knowing anything about him allergy to like instantly realizing everything. I think maybe, I don't know. So that was my impression as I read it. Maybe I can go back and reread it. But my, my impression was like, I can see how we could start figuring this stuff out, but like in an instant, he seems to have, I don't know. know, Maybe I'm wrong. He's just clever. He's he's helped to be a clever person, but he was always, seen as a kid now he's he's become more i mean he's more of an adult now he's taking on a leadership role he's really showing that he's able to put this information together i saw him as a kid that's what it that's what it is i saw him as a kid hmm. just remember though he doesn't get any juice because vin doesn't like his beard that's true (laughs) i remember (laughs) um but no, so he gets it it is when hemorrhagy happens to you, you can sort of figure out what's going on. You were not able to burn this metal before. This is a big deal. And sure he could just take yeah. the words of this 
fake Kelsier. But when you think about it, I have access to uh, this new metal that I didn't have access to before. Only Mistborn typically can burn multiple metals. Why can I? Maybe it's because of this piece of metal that's in my body. Maybe if he it had been written in that he had some doubts at some point before that, or maybe it did and I didn't notice it. That could be possible, too. I think he always was a little bit suspicious of Kelsier. Maybe it was written, but it wasn't written in metal and it got changed. No! Not this again. Ruin! Alright, so, anyways, they return. So, Spook unplugs Quellian, because he had a hemorrhagic spike in him as well. Uh, Spook and... Caesar and Belger go back to the ministry building because, man, they need to get that water flowing and start putting this fire out. And a really cool thing happens here. Spook, remember, is a tin savant. So he he pretty much loses most of his senses or his ability to see and hear, but also feel when he's not burning tin. So he extinguishes his tin so that he can enter the burning building and not be driven back by the pain of the fire scorching him. And he makes it to the valves and he says, I'll have a girlfriend by the end of this book, even if it kills me. And it looks like it either does or brings him pretty close. The The chapter isn't explicit. So I don't know. He seems pretty dead, but he does manage to turn the valves <laughs> and the mechanism. And like I said, Heck knows if this is even going to work in part five. I, I have a feeling the first thing we're going to find out in part five is like, oh, the uh, the floodgates don't work because Ruin tampered with Sazed's copper mines. That's my, so, that's what I think's next. I, I like that Spook's status is pretty dead. How pretty how dead, dead would you rate Spook at this point? Would you rate him Marsh dead or would you rate him Kelsier dead? Reen dead. Or would you rate him <laughs> mostly dead? Mostly dead. I would put him at negative HP, but not not minus ten. So he's got like he's got like maybe one or two rounds to live by the so end. So he could be part. stabilized, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. But even if he is stable, he he could he's probably taking at least D four fire damage every every round. So sounds pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, but. Did you have an issue with him turning off his tin to be able to do this? Or does that make sense to you? No, it was consistent with the coffee mug scene. Okay. What? What coffee mug scene? The one where he has a coffee mug that says snore on it. Do you uh, not remember right. that? I remember I that. Know, I we had, remember a, that. had a contest to figure out who had come up with the best slogan for his coffee mug. And that was I a was... premium merch opportunity, which we still need to get a, a store together. Maybe by the time this episode airs, we'll have this store up. I mean, we definitely will, because I already said I would the last time we went over this. I just need to actually do it. So, so anyway. real quick, before I forget, Mike, my birthday is in two days. Happy hey, birthday. Happy birthday. That's a good thing. So you know what that means. That means I have to answer a question? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm game. Okay, it's I've I thought of a question. I like the question. It's not spoilery, but I'm curious about this. And it's it's a two-parter. The first part is yes or no. So only answer yes or no. Does ATM have a real-world equivalent? Or 
I'm kidding. No. No, it does <laughs> no. not. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering well, if you were my follow up question through. was <laughs> my follow up question was gonna be what metal, but I, I wanted to try to guess if the answer were yes. Okay. Titan, I, I, I was saying yeah, uh, I, I could just I imagined, you know, there's there are these Cosmere theories how like ATM is actually titanium and how you guys had a had a lark laughing behind my back because I thought that the fifteenth metal was titanium, but it had been ATM all along. Uh, but anyway, it, I was gonna guess if it did have a real world equivalent, it would either be titanium or maybe platinum. So it has like most of the letters of those of titanium, but whatever. But you know what it's not because you know what the fifteenth and sixteenth metals are. I do. I know, I know what the tenth metal is. I know what all sixteen metals are. Wait, so there's sixteen of them? No. Listen, Ellen. <laughs> Wait, there's sixteen. Um. Okay, so I guess this is an appropriate time to let you in on this. Uh, once you finish this book, uh, we're gonna start answering your questions as long as they're not like plot spoilers for whatever we're currently reading. Cool. You're, like, you're you're gonna start getting answers to things. I do remember you mentioning that at the outset of the Mistborn trilogy. You were like, Once you get through these, you're going to be able to talk about so much. That's what you said. Maybe more yep. of this realmatic theory stuff. Uh, mostly it's going to be like the, the meta stuff, like the the mechanics of how things work. And at that point, yeah, I I have no issue with, with letting you in on, on that stuff. As long as it doesn't spoil something plot related. Right. So what you're saying is there's 16 metals. And in four weeks, assuming we don't skip anymore, uh, you're going to finish the book. Oh, boy. And you'll be able to tell us exactly how many metals there are. And you're going to, on stream, read the last 50 pages. I don't know if you're going to read them out loud or if you're just going to like just be <laughs> on cam reading quietly. Nah, he'll read them. <laughs> I think loud. it's a small enough portion of the book that I can I can do it under fair use. Honestly, I I would also just enjoy the you know flip. Just huh. Look at me. <laughs> read, read, read. Yeah, just watching you react. Yeah, you know, slowly. Yeah, maybe I'll do that then. Yeah, that slowly take a sip fun. of tea and be like, "Oh my." <laughs> uh oh, this. And I have trouble. to commentate that Dave just read a riveting portion of the book. Watch as you react. Oh, the slight hesitation as he lifts up his tea. No, no, that was a. Choice. Instead of pass it. Instead of commenting on like like golf announcers, it should be like the full on like professional wrestling announcers. So with the screaming, was well, that a gasp? Oh when my god! He flips the page. Wait, flipping back. What's he rereading? <laughs> oh, and here comes the raised eyebrow. Please know that book has a family. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to this. Who knows what it's going to be like, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'd, I'd get on Twitch for that. Hey, we can get Tori on Twitch. How about that? All right. I mean, I will definitely post many things in many places about that one. Uh, Craig, I think that one also would deserve a Reddit post. Yeah, sure. Of course. All the things everywhere. Hey, I just thought of something. Finn never mentions Ellen in the present tense in the epigraph. Doesn't she? 
I don't think so. Oh, why would that be? Maybe he dies. <gasps> I can't wait till. Oh my gosh! But oh, there's such a freaking ten soon. He's got four spikes. He's got four. Yeah, oh hey, that is, that earlier, is uh, you brought up that um, dude in her toe. Why am I suddenly blanking on his name? Quellian. Quellian is under the influence of ruin, and you brought that up as a very bad thing, which means we shouldn't trust him. Who else do you believe is under the influence of ruin? Vin. And more importantly, who is not? Uh, let's see. Sazed probably isn't. Uh, Spook isn't anymore. He's also pretty dead. <laughs> I think, I, I'm wondering if Kelsier actually had been hemorrhaged at some point. Like, did Kelsier possibly, like, even never actually become a real Mistborn? Like, remember that theory I had about Vin not really being a Mistborn? It was the earring. But it was like, well, the earring's too small and it wouldn't. It would be too imprecise. It wouldn't give her full Mistborn powers. But, like, I do remember that theory, yes. What about Kelsier? Or. So, I obviously Tensoon has four spikes. So, that's a, that's a tough one. Tensoon doesn't know he's had the, the two other spikes in him, though. Whatever. I also, I'm not sure if Chondra can even be Chondra without spikes. But, like, if you pull the spikes out of a Chondra, do they go back to being a regular old mystery? Um, so that's kind of sad. Oh, no, no, puppers. Oh, no, puppers. But I think that, uh, I think that Ye- Yeoman, <laughs> Yeoman's probably, Yeoman? Yeoman's probably spiked. I mean, and we know that Penrod is, although that hasn't come back up in a while. We haven't checked back in on Penrod since he got spiked. Um... All right, what about the rest of the crew? How about Breeze? <clears throat> I don't think so. I think Al if Rian. anybody... I think maybe... Um, no, I think maybe... not Gordon, I think maybe Demo might be. Demo might be spiked. All right, how about Ashweather set? Nah, he's just a jerk. <laughs> I was curious about that, actually. I, I, I think that there's a chance he is. Um... And I went back to this line of thought before, how the fact that he has two kids and he's supposedly been paralyzed from the waist down since he was a boy, like, best cover story ever, am I right? So, maybe his, maybe his paralysis is actually hemallergic power in him. Like, his paraplegia is from a hemallergic spike, so maybe he could get unspiked and be able to walk. Maybe. And if you remove an Inquisitor's eye spikes, they they can see again? No, well, no, they, they don't have eyes. But, like, he gets the power... I don't know. It's just... You, you get powers and strength attributes from having spikes. Why not other things, like disabilities? I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Why do you only get the good stuff out of him allergy? Why can't you get some other stuff or like? Wait, so hang they, on a second. They, what if they unspike everybody in the entire world at once? Then let me see if I'm. Good. Let me see if I'm following this logic correctly. Heme allergy is too positive of a benefit because after you kill someone to take some of their power, 
you can't then cripple someone. Did did I follow that logic correctly? I don't know if I followed the logic. <laughs> I'm just throwing stuff out there. Something's got to be right. I mean, you throw throwing, out enough theories. Throwing theories at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. All right, fair enough. But yeah, I think that I think that Elland is probably good, but I don't know. I don't know. Like, if anybody, if any, like anybody important is like surprise spiked, it's, I'm gonna say Demau. Were you just so upset that he wasn't the Chandra, and now he no. must pay? I I knew <laughs> I always knew he wasn't the Chandra. I mean, te- technically, it hasn't been confirmed that. Oh, well, never mind. I don't want to so say. You're saying Demau is a Chandra? No, I'm not saying anything about Demau. He's not not saying that Demo is a Chandra. <laughs> but that's no. another good point. Like, who's Chandras? And Chandras are automatically under the influence. Uh-oh. All right. Uh, I think we should probably D-Dave ourselves, unless you have anything else, Dave? I uh, can't think of anything. Yep, I'm ready to slash Dave. Yeah, let's what? let's undave. <laughs> you know it that sounded better in my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye, Dave. And he's gone. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right. Uh, so what do we have? I have a bunch of stuff to say, guys. I have so much to say, but I'll try to be brief. Um, firstly, before we get into the fact that Dave... Okay, no, I'm going to mention that first. Dave noticed Helen being talked about in the past tense. I believe it must be true because Sazed wrote that book after the deaths of our main uh, characters. So I, I I suspect they would be in the past tense, but I didn't go back and confirm it. But you know, that's a pretty good uh, notice from Dave. Yep. Rest in peace, Vin and Ellen. So in our general discussion channel, there's a pinned message back from November, uh, which is all of the questions Dave had at the end of, of the first book. We should definitely go over that after we finish Hero of Ages with Dave. That way he can answer his own question. I mean, that was the plan, yeah. Okay, that's going to be fun. I just I was looking through our channel and like, hey, there's this pin thing. Look at all these silly questions he had. I mean, they're not silly, but some of them are silly. I'm pretty sure the bulk of them already got answered. Yes, but I don't want to bring it up. Because there are questions about Vin's mom, uh, the significance of Vin's earring. There's stuff that he hasn't had confirmed for him in the books. He just suspects correctly what these things mean. Although he still doesn't understand what happened with Vin's mom. Because he keeps forgetting about the sister. Also, we were listening to the to, to the previous recording, which was the, the penultimate recording we had for Well of Ascension. And... Dave is talking about Vin's sister. He briefly mentions her while we're listening. But the thing is, he was thinking of something else when we were listening this, and he was talking about something else. I'm like, I wonder if Dave's going to notice him talking about Vin's sister, and he'll put it together. 
and then nope, he didn't notice at all. So that's fun. So uh, I actually I like our our canon of Ruin being a a prank master, and that's okay. that's just that's how he gets down. I want to uh, I want to see that weird. characterization in in AT in the Dragon Steel books. He he would uh, I could see that because in in the the worst types of pranks you can sort of ruin someone's life, so it's very appropriate for him. You know, he he buys Hoy to drink and then ties his shoelaces together. <laughs> uh, but the other things I want to talk about were related to Error 2, because as I think our listeners know, I've been rereading Error 2 now. Um, I'm actually on Bands of Mourning, but I did notice a couple of very interesting things I wanted to briefly discuss. One of which is that there are repeated mentions of Kelsier in Error 2. from. Uh, okay, I'm going to say her name wrong. I've been trying to figure out how the heck to say her name. Marasi? Nailed it. Nailed it I, correctly? Right, yes. Nailed it like Ikea furniture that you have incorrectly assembled. How do you say her name? Marasi. Marasi. So, so the stress is on a different syllable. I figured it's, she's named after Mare. Kelsier's mayor. I had not thought mayor's of that before, but yes, that 100% makes sense. Okay. Um, so she, she's a survival, a survival, survivorist, uh, and she's actually read the works of Sazed when, when he first became Harmony and wrote that book. She has read those words. And well, there's mention so of most of, people. Sure. Not wax. Uh, because he, he keeps thinking about, hey, I should probably take a look at that sometime. Um, and, uh, what's it called? He, Kelsier's mentioned in that book as, one, he has held preservation's power for a brief time. That, that was directly mentioned by her. And I remember reading it for the first time and not knowing what that meant. Because you don't find out what that means until Secret History. Right, but... That was also, like, word of Brandon as of the end of this book. Like, he was telling people that, but... Maybe. I didn't know that when I first read it. I didn't know anything about Kelsier even surviving until I read Secret History. And I'm like, what is this? But then I noticed all of these references and hints as we do a reread, which is pretty cool. So, so yeah, the, he's been mentioned... Uh, as holding preservation's power for a bit. And he also has been mentioned that he survived, that he actually survived. The first time I read those words, I thought they were talking about the Chandra that was imitating Kelsier, uh, well, or Seer, or Seer imitating him at the time. But the, the book flatly mentions it wasn't that particular, like it wasn't the Chandra, it was that he survived after that. Tensoon also uh, imitated Kelsier for a, a short time. That's true. He he does in uh, Hero of Ages. Didn't he just do it? We he either that. just did it or he will do it soon. Yeah. Um. Right. So, so there's that, and I just thought that was really neat references to to Kelsier actually surviving, and the characters are aware of that, or at least Mare is. Um. So, so we have that, and that that's pretty neat, and. There's also the talk about Chandra not having their spikes. Uh, well, Dave asked the question, of course. But 
in the book, they're also discussing like what what happens when you give a, a conjurer a different spike that's not theirs, and they can't really use it very well. Ten soon uses Orsier spike, but it's in addition to his own spikes. He doesn't replace his spikes with uh, Orsiers, which would probably be bad for Tensoon if he did that. Yeah, what what he does is sometimes he has both sets, and right. sometimes he takes out Orsiers. Uh, and I believe it's, spikes, it's just but he the, never takes his spikes out. It probably has something to do with the connection to the cognitive realm that the spikes are are, are doing, and you do essentially lose your mind, especially as a chondrite, you would lose your mind if you didn't have your own spike. Oh, and when I say never, I mean never except at the end of this book for a bit. Because all the Chondra take all of their spikes out. They do. For obvious reasons. I know, it's going to be pretty good when Dave reads that part on stream. Because I think that's in part of the last 50 chapters. Or I'm 50 almost chapters. looking forward more to just him doing it silently. Just like flip a page, <laughs> sip some tea. Well, if that's the case, he could do that anytime. He could just do all of his reading on stream because that is fine. It's when he reads it out loud that we're limited by by copyright. I feel like that would be weird, but I want it for the last 50 pages. Just just because <laughs> there, there are so many moments where he's going to have to put the book down and talk for a few minutes. Um, so one other thing I wanted to mention that I read in Error 2, which I think is a big deal. Uh, it, it happens in the beginning chapters of Bands of Mourning, uh, just as a refresher, another Conjurer pops up and tries to recruit Wax for this mission to, to help a different Conjurer who went essentially, essentially went into that, that area uh, that, that you're going to find out that Kelsier, uh, there's a statue of Kelsier or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm not remembering fully. I've only read Bands of Mourning once. So this reread, I'm paying extra attention to details that I did not remember or did not know the first time. So I apologize if I'm slightly mistaken. But regardless, there's another Chandra, and he's talking. He's giving the, the main characters some information about metals and that sort of thing. And he talks about ATM and Lorassium. Um, specifically, that those two metals can be alloyed with every single other metal that has alimantic properties and create 16 new abilities based on, on the alloy. It specifically says you can alloy those two with the other alimantic metals and create 16 new alloys for each one. Yes, correct. Holy crap. That's a lot of abilities that we know nothing about. Well, the Lorasium is just, you become a misting of that metal. You think so? Yes. Is that a word of Brandon? I remember it being so, yes. So I did not know that. I'm going to I'm gonna have to look that one up. Yeah, but... we should find a source, otherwise people on the internet will yell at us. Well, go ahead and well, yell so... at me. I remember it. I don't want to look it up. You do it. Well, I... <laughs> Man. Or the people it's... on the internet can do it. That's what I'm saying. The people on the internet that are going to yell at me. You you look it up. Yes, please tell us how wrong we are. You fear's already looking it up for us. No, he's already yelling. Oh, you fear. Oh, he's yelling. Okay. Um well, so so my th I, I did do a little thinking about it and I, I assume so Lorassium is a um shoot, hold on. 
I have to look it up myself to to get the terminology correct. It's an enhancement. I believe it would fall under the enhancement quadrant of the elementic metals, whereas atium falls under the temporal quadrant of metals. And based on what happens with the malatium, um, it would have something, some kind of temporal effect based on what the metal is. Uh, so it would have some variation of it. With mal- malatium, since that is an alloy of gold, it has something to do with your past self. That's what we see uh, atium do with with gold mixed together. I don't know what that would do if we did an alloy of iron and atium, but it could be neat, or it might just be weird. I don't know. I guarantee you that Brandon knows what all of these do. Yes. And I'm relatively certain that we won't ever find out because there is no more such thing as atium. It's all at metal now. Except apparently what Marsh has, like, stored away. Yeah, Marsh has atium. He could maybe... And Hoyd might also have some, though I'm not 100% sure why he'd bother. Because time powers are cool? But I I did not realize they could be alloyed with all the metals. I read that part and I'm like, holy crap, this is a lot. And by implication, Cezidium, whatever metal that happens to be, if it's at metal or not, I'm not sure. But that can also be alloyed with the other elementic metal and do something else. Et metal itself might just be an alloy of cesedium with something else, or it might be cesedium itself. I'm pretty sure we got confirmation that that was that was cesedium. Then um, it can be alloyed with the others, and it does something. Of course, it, you cannot burn et metal, so we don't even know what it does. You fear you're in the spoiler section. I am sorry. It's gonna happen. Uh, which then, I've actually been thinking about this. Um, that suggests to me that Seiza, or that Harmony's shard pool has to be on the South Pole. Just has to be. Otherwise, why don't the Northerners have access to Ed Metal? That's true. I, I think that's a, a good point. Which is, which is not to say the that there aren't necessarily pools. two shard pools still on the planet somewhere. There might be another one. But one that people actually have access to got to be South Pole. Got to be. Wait, why would you think there's two, though? Because there were two. Yeah, there were two, but he's it's now one shard, and therefore it should only have one pool. But it's still two shards worth of power, so why not two pools? It's just one big pool. I don't think it would have two pools. I suspect there's only one, and I agree it's on the South Pole. I think I think you're right that there's only one, but I'm not discounting the possibility of there being a, of there being a second one still. Okay, that's fair. There could be weird reasons that there are two, also, because, because Sazed still Sazed thinks of them as two shards. Well, because Sazed is God now, and he can do whatever he wants. Except he's not completely God, and he right, right, but super he's... duper can't do whatever he wants. That's that's explicit. Right. Yeah. But, but he has phenomenal godlike powers. He very much shows his limitations in Era 2. Semi semi phenomenal, nearly which cosmic. Aren't even self imposed. What was that? Semi phenomenal, nearly cosmic. I bet he could make as many shard pools as he wanted. 
I don't think he can, and I don't think any of the shards can. I think that's yeah outside of like that. Those are rules that are beyond them. I think shard pulls are just sort of a uh, a, a reaction to a shard being on a planet. It just sort of happens. It's nothing they control. Investor just pulls in a certain location because of a shard's influence. Maybe it's like a pressure release valve. There's just there's too much power in the spiritual realm and it has to go somewhere. Which is a Lantris in a nutshell. Um, All right. Anyone else got anything? Because I'm ready to end it. Yeah. I think I touched on everything I wanted to talk about in there, too. We'll see if I have more next week. And how how excited are you guys for, for Dave to finish the book? I am so excited. And I'm especially excited. because we get to bring him into this. Have a little discussion, a meta talk with him. I'm so excited for this. I I I know I don't sound excited because I'm relaxed and kind of tired, but I'm very, very excited for this. All right. Bye, Internet. Good night, bye. Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.